Well, good morning, everybody. I, I'm glad to be here today. Someone said, you get to be my age, it's good to be anywhere. I'm already trying to figure how I'm going to get into saying cupcake somewhere. <laughs> Brother Doug got a lot of laughs saying that. You think that'll work for me? I got a feeling I say that once or twice, people be throwing Bibles at me. I don't... Well, we always miss Pastor Kevin and Pastor T when they leave us to go out of town. And we'll miss them today. I'm trying to follow up on what the theme of the month is. I want to be true to that. I spent about an hour and a half one day with Pastor Kevin talking about these things, making certain that we were on the same page. We know we're in the same book. But I think, I believe from my conversation with him, he, I was more concerned about saying something wrong than he was be saying something wrong. But anyhow, I believe what we have today is a word from the Lord. The subject of what is man is what I'm talking about. What is man? Now listen, I want us to do something that I do for us on a regular basis in prayer. I want to pray for you that the Lord would give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. The eyes of your understanding being opened that you may know what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I want to pray that you receive the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus. That you will receive that excellence of the knowledge which is not based upon the works of the law, but based upon the, by the hearing of faith through Jesus. The righteousness which is by faith in Christ that we may know him. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death, if by any means we may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now I'm quoting all scripture, I hope you all know that. And I pray that you will add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love, that these things would abound in you, Get this, that these things will abound in you that you may not be barren as a woman without children of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but that you make, make your call and your election sure that you never stumble, that a glorious entrance be supplied to you into His eternal kingdom. And I like to say, Lord, for the life that now is, that kingdom and the life that is to come. 
because I believe that the Holy Spirit has come to convert us. By that I mean He's come to teach us and to lead us into all truth. By that I mean He's come to convict us of sin, Christians, as well as the world, of righteousness and of judgment, that we may be converted. We need to understand something this morning afresh. Conversion follows being born again. We always call being born again conversion, but conversion, this is a part of my message, conversion is a part of the soul work. New birth is the part of the spirit work. Jesus said, whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, John chapter 3, verses 3 and 5. So it's very important that we see that. Psalms 19, I believe it's verse 9 or somewhere in there, says that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The Lord is my shepherd. How many know, we know that? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. So new birth precedes, in the spirit precedes, conversion of the soul. See, that's, that's why I know Brother Doug was saying from time to time, just because you've been in the Lord for 40 years doesn't mean that you've grown, that you're 40 years old in the Lord. Some people are still at first base in their growth process. That's why I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come. Because if we don't have... You know what the spirit of wisdom and revelation is? He's the Holy Spirit. In, in Isaiah chapter 11, when it spoke of the Lord Jesus, the seven spirits that rested upon the Lord Jesus was the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of wisdom, understanding, of knowledge, and counsel, and power, and the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. All seven spirits rested upon Jesus because He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. But see, I say, I say this to make this clear. Just because you've received the Holy Spirit or your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that the spirit of wisdom is at work for you because only he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness will be filled. Amen? See, this is why we need to pray this way. I, I'm one of those crazy people that is committed to saying the same prayers over and over. Because you know what I've come to find out about that? Only people who are exercising faith dare say the same things over and over. People who don't exercise faith complain about people like that, call them legalistic and silly, and say they don't have faith. But I'm telling you this morning, every one of us born again, born of the Spirit, amen? Every one of us have a measure of faith. You know what that measure means? It means a portion that has been distributed to us for the purpose, <clears throat> I, I, I didn't mean to do this, but I'm doing it anyhow, for the purpose of increasing. Our faith can increase. It can become strong, but it has to be exercised. Did you know that grace can increase? John chapter 1 verse 16 says, Of His fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. But Romans 5 17 says, there are, only, there are two things necessary for us to reign or to rule or to have dominion in this life. The two things are the abundance of grace 
and of the gift of righteousness. So the abundance of grace, that means this stuff is increasing. If it's not increasing and abounding in us, then we're falling short. And let me say up front, so you know this, unless I get sidetracked again, that when you begin to seek God in His Word, when you begin to seek God by prayer, and you do that on a consistent basis, I want to warn you about something. There is no utopia in the Spirit. You know what happens when you, when you really press into God very often and more often than not? You begin to find places of darkness that you pass through. It's called the shadow of death because it's not always exciting. The place of the growth really comes through those valleys. And I found that. I, I, was, I was looking, for, Brad, I was looking for a utopia in the Spirit and after about 20 years or so seeking the Lord on a daily basis, which I hadn't done in my previous ministry before 1990, I was real sp sporadic about it. But in 1990, I made this commitment to the Lord to seek Him for my personal life. You know, there are a lot of preachers in the pulpit that seek the Lord for ministry. I was one of those. I prim primarily sought the Lord for ministry. And the Lord was faithful to the people. But how many of you know you needed to be faithful to me in my own pursuit? That's why a lot of people standing in the pulpit fall flat on their face and people wonder why. Because they're serving the ministry and not the Lord of the ministry. Is this too heavy for you? I know we've been doing, we've been doing a lot of laughing. I told Brother Doug I wish I had that gift of humor like he had. I could keep people laughing and disarm them real good. And then hit them between the eyes. But I, but I really found out, I, I've said this to you before, but it's just briefly stated. In 1990, I began to seek the Lord on a daily basis because I found out something. This is maybe news to you. By, incidentally and accidentally, I found out you could read through the whole Bible in 80 hours. Did you know that? At pulpit speed. That's very slow. And uh, so I began to do that, and so I discovered after a few years that you could read the Bible through in 65 hours if you didn't read all the genealogies and the building of the temple and the furnishings and so forth and so on. And so I began to read the Bible through every 65 days because I decided I'd do that for an hour a day. I said, the Lord, remember what Jesus said in the, in the garden? He said, could you not tarry with me one hour? I thought, Lord, I believe I can tarry one hour with you reading the Word. If you really want to hear the Lord talking to you, read the Bible. Somebody said, well, I can't concentrate. Do you really think your mind is doing this? I'm chasing another rabbit, but this is good. Let me tell you something about your pea brain mind. It doesn't have a clue how, how to seek God. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking down on your mind. I'm telling you that the spirit of the man is what knows the things of the spirit of God. Not the mind of man. The mind of man is what is changed or transformed so that he becomes more the expression of what he ought to be. I'm, this is in the message, by the way, but I'm just going all over everywhere. Some of you can leave today saying, bless his old heart, I tell you, he finally got on the message after a while. But I only get you about 45 minutes a month, so I've got to make it good. I really do want to say to you what needs to be said today, not exactly what perhaps I'm thinking needs to be said. 
I'm, I've got so much here, Moran, I, I could preach for the next seven days. Because this really is one of my, it's probably next to the city church is my favorite message. Because I'm telling you, most people don't know what they are, first of all, as a, as a, as a member of mankind. And then secondly, we don't know, let me just announce to you, we don't know that the, the main problem that we have in life is not what happens on the outside of us, but what happens on the inside of us. That when, when sin came into the world and death by sin, you know what happened? War was declared on our soul. And every day, listen, somebody say every day. Every day is a battle for your soul. Now listen, you may not believe that, but I can tell you one reason you may not believe that is because you're not pressing into God and realizing that the battle is for your soul. Listen, the battle is for your soul, for your husband's soul, your wife's soul, your children's soul, your family's soul. The battle is on for your soul. There's a daily battle because we're going to come to the end of a war and we're going to either have the victory or we're not. I used to be among the community of make people feel good. And I made them feel good. At least I think most of the time. But I'm not in the feel good mood. The older I get, the less I'm concerned about if you feel good about me or about what I'm saying. The more I'm concerned about you hear what God's saying to you about your own battle. Because every soul that sits here, and I'm calling you souls because that's what the Bible calls you. Every soul sitting here has a battle going on. And it is our desire, Pastor Kevin and myself, is that by the time you finish this series of messages concerning the inward man or the inner man, which is the same thing, is that you may have a clue about how to address what really is happening in your life. Let me go, go, go to my notes real quick here. Let's see what we got. Mankind. Here it is. The word mankind comes from the word Adam. Did you know that? How many of you know that mankind, the word Adam, includes the woman? In spite of what the news is saying, craziness. I'm telling you what, the world's going crazy. If you, you, when you leave the Bible, you go crazy. The Bible says because they did not love the truth, God sent them strong delusions that what? They may believe a lie. Now, folks, that's the real news. Somebody said, well, how do you know what's truth and what's not? Because I have a discerner inside of me that tells me what is the truth and what is not. My children ask me, well, what news do you listen to? It makes no difference. I discern what the truth is and what the truth is not because I've got the discerner of truth in me. That's a big battle settled right there. I've got the, I've got the, I've got the book to go to. Show me, Lord, out of your word. The entirety of your word is the truth. Not some of it. All of it. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The word of God is the word of truth. We're people who are looking for the truth. Do you think we're going to find the truth? He said, seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be open. Ask, it'll be given. Come on, somebody. The truth is on the way to you. The truth is on its way to you to help deliver you out of your battle from being the victim to start being the victor. 
but you've got to be aware of what's going on. Amen? Now listen, if you're going to find out, uh, let's just read the scripture because I've got my text. I really am using the Bible today. And by the way, I just wanted to say, I felt compelled to say this. I'm still reading the Word of God on a daily basis. And I'm committed to an hour. I've been a few times I've missed that. But over the past somewhat 20, 28 years, I've survived. And uh, I do have a boast in the Lord that for 20 years I went straight without missing. I believe if I can go 20 years without missing, you can too. And my darling young brother, I'm not getting all caught up in that legalism. Well, bless your darling heart. Quit brushing your teeth. That's legalism. Quit changing the oil in your car. That's legalism. Come on, somebody. I'm talking the truth. Quit combing your hair and go out in public. That's legalism. Maybe that's where the spike came into being, you know. Somebody got freed up from their legalism. I still haven't understood where these pants down to the, about the knees comes in. I don't know where that comes in. They've really been freed up, haven't they? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2. Look at verse 6. I can already tell you I'm not going to be able to get too far today. I, I know I, I've, I've really come to understand that my place in this pulpit is this. I am a father in the faith. And whether you want to be or not, you're all you're right now have been adopted into my family. And I'm going to treat you like my children. As a matter of fact, I'm going to treat you better than my children because sometimes a prophet is without honor most of the time in his own home. Amen. I have to, I have to run them down and tie them down to, to be able to talk to them. But, you know, I've, I've accepted that as a norm, Brad. Anyhow. That's just my story, and I'm sticking with it. It's, that's my battle. Amen. One testified in a certain place saying, are you there? What is man that you are mindful of him? Someone said, a translation rendered that, what is man that your mind is full of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You've, pulled all, you've put all things in subjection under his feet. That's what God did with man, with mankind. What is man? Man is, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, man is spirit, soul, and body. You got that? Genesis chapter 2, going back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, said that the Lord, after He had formed that form which we call a body, breathed the breath of life into that body. <clears throat> now listen. And man became, he was created, he was made a living soul. That's what man became with the breath or the spirit of life. Genesis 7.22 calls the breath, the breath of the spirit of life. I want to announce to you that I believe that the spirit of man is the life of God. In him we live. We move and have our being. The spirit of man is the life of God for man to become a living soul. 
The soul of man is the person he is. That's who you are. Your soul is your life. I'll quote you this so you can look it up for yourself if you're interested. Jesus said, No man takes my life, I lay it down willingly. Isaiah said he poured out his soul. When you go back and, and translate that Greek word there when Jesus said, I lay down my life, that word for life is soul. So it, whenever you're reading through the scripture, if you're able to find a, a Strong's Concordance, look up the word soul, and you'll find out that that's who you are. That's what you are. That's what you became when the breath of the spirit of life was breathed into the, your nostrils as a, as a mankind. We all came from mankind, the beginning, Adam and Eve. We're all products, right? Well, if you have a hard time with that, we're all products of Noah and his three sons. And that's as hard to believe as the husband and the wife. Amen? Anybody want to argue about that? No, we don't need to argue about that. Uh, we're not evolved. We've been created. We've been made. We've been made according to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We've been made in His image and after His likeness. I submit to you that His image is what our very soul is. That's His image. How many of you know we've got a problem with His image in us? And so there's a need for us to be born again so that there can come once again the work on the image, the restoration of the soul, the conversion of the soul, so that we can be restored, so that then we can be conformed to the image according to Romans 8, 28, which is His eternal purpose, by the way, according to Ephesians chapter 3, that we should be transformed and be conformed to the image of His Son. Listen. What is man? Man is that which God has created, he which God has created, the mankind which he's created, to be exactly like him. Now listen, hear me correctly. When we say that we're in his image and after his likeness or according to his likeness, that means that we're not going to be some kind of a repeat. We are exactly like him. That's what it means. That is our eternity. That is our future. And if that is our eternity and that is our future, why shouldn't we be after it right now? See, that's what transformation is all about. That's what conversion is all about. And I'm telling you, the more you see that and the more you understand that and the more you press into that, the more you'll know there's a battle inside of you for your soul. See, when we talk about battle for your soul, most of the time we only th think we're talking about out yonder in the sweet by and by. And I'll meet you over there where everything's wonderful. But the battle is right here for your soul every day. Listen, I don't want to be laying on my deathbed and making my final confession hoping that I make it through the gate. Because that's not the goal of God. That's not the purpose of God. The purpose of God is to take Himself, put Himself in us, and to make us exactly like Him. Somebody said, you mean we're going to become gods? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we're not going to be gods. We're going to be exactly like God. You know how that happened? That happened through Jesus. We were made in His, in his image and after His likeness. You know that when you were made in the image and the likeness of God, you, you came out of Jesus Christ. The very Spirit of life came out of Jesus because He created us. He made us. And when that happened... That was, that was made with a promise that one day that same seed that we came out of that made us a seed 
would one day come as a seed into the womb of Mary, of Mary, the virgin, and be born of a woman in the likeness of the man. Well, the likeness of the man is what he made in the beginning. Romans chapter 5 verse 14 says that Adam was a type of Christ. He was a prototype. He was what, he was what God intended are you staying with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, now this is important. I, I, I hardly get anybody to hear it but when, I, when I say it. I think they must think I'm trying to trick them up. But 1 Corinthians 15 says that Jesus was not only the second man, but he was the last Adam. Now, isn't that, you hear that? See, now, and I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I'm thinking about somebody right now I heard say recently. I'm not trying to criticize them. I'm just saying there's a right and there's a wrong there. Jesus came into the world to become the last Adam because God wanted to put the last Adam on the cross and kill him and destroy the power of the Adamic nature and have him buried and arise from the dead, the second man, to begin to be the first fruits of a new creation. Hallelujah! You see, <clears throat> the purpose of the Scriptures and the purpose and the plan of God is not just redemption. You think listening to the church that the only thing God wants to do is just get us born again so we can go to heaven. Listen, I don't want to disappoint you, but we're not going to stay in heaven long. Now, you've heard that, I'm sure, but it's, we need to repeat it. Heaven, in spite of the testimonies, is not your home. The earth is our home. One day, heaven is going to come down out of heaven and going to settle probably, I don't know how many miles it will settle above the earth, but earth will be our domain. And let me say this so that we won't have to come back and say it later and make certain that I've said it. God, when He made us, did not make us spirits because angels are spirits. God made us living souls so that we would be in His image and after His likeness. Now go back in Hebrews chapter 2, and it says this in verse 6, if I remember correctly, it says this, God has never said to an angel, Ooh, I want to shout when I say that. It rises up in me, Jamie. God has never said to an angel, You are my son. This day have I begotten you. He will never say it to an angel because verse 14, chapter 2 says that angels are ministering spirits. Now if you're of the camp that wants to make yourself a spirit, Jesus, when He rose from the dead, said, Listen, guys, handle me and see that it is not that it is me. My, I'm not a spirit, but I'm flesh and bone. You see, listen, mankind was made in the image and after the likeness of God to be exalted to the throne. Angels were made to be ministering spirits. Which one you want to join? You want to be a living soul that is exalted to the highest place of the throne where Jesus is? Or do you just want to be a spirit like an angel? I'll take the human way. I'll take the mankind way. Now see, that's, that's a powerful thing to get imagery in your own heart and your mind. You and I have been made for exaltation. But in the kingdom of God, exaltation doesn't come without humility. And how many of you know you can't brag about humility? 
like the kid that got a humility pin in Sunday school. Remember that story? They took it back from him because he wore it. Jesus is the ultimate expression of humility. So when we receive Him, we receive the ultimate expression of humility for the purpose of exaltation. In due season you shall reap if you faint not. If you don't get tired of the battle and you keep pressing in and pursuing righteousness and peace and love, faith, grace, all these things, if you keep pursuing them, you will overtake them and they'll overtake you. And stuff will happen that you can't even begin to imagine. According to Ephesians chapter 3, He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that. We ask or think according to His power that works in us. Are you with me on the same page? And before I leave today, I'm going to be happy. Let's see with my glasses. We've been made in His image and after His likeness. Now listen, this comes from Psalms 8. You can write that down. Psalms 8, verses 4 through 8. That's where the quote in Hebrews comes from. You have been, you have, he's crowned us. You see that in there? Are you with me? He's crowned us. Somebody said, when you hear this, you think, well, this is the prosperity message. Well, listen, I don't believe that poverty is a blessing to you. Come on, somebody. Don't get religious on me. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. You won't see people getting excited about being poor. I found out many years ago that when I went into the ministry, I did not take the vow of poverty. You know, that's in some of the writings. But prosperity, see, here, here's what I come to find out about prosperity. Second John 3. Remember that? Old Roberts didn't write that. It's in the Bible. I would that you would prosper and be in health as what? As your what? Your soul prospers. There's where the battle is. The battle is in the soul for the soul, for preeminence. Listen, there's going to be preeminence inside of your inward man. Your inward man consists of your spirit and your soul. By the way, let me say this to you so that I don't forget. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the Word of God is, is, a, is alive and powerful, doesn't it? It's alive and powerful and it has the power to divide the spirit and the soul. Let me give you a strong word which you'll need to repeat over and over for the next few years. You can divide the spirit and the soul analytically, but you cannot divide them practically. You can divide them analytically by the Scriptures, but you cannot divide them practically for life. But we must divide them according to the Scriptures so that we can understand what's really going on inside of us, because otherwise we'll turn in on ourselves and be our worst enemy. I can't believe what I just thought about and imagine what I, even what I did. If anybody knew, you get in that, that, that's a religious train you get on. And let me just say to you, darling, Cupcake. There you go. That's a good place to stand. <laughs> go ahead and believe it because there's a struggle. Paul said, I know that within me, Romans 7, 20, no, Romans 7, 18. Write that down. I know that within me, that is within my flesh, 
is no good thing. Somebody say no good. I used to say, I used to get really graphic and say, you're just dirt bags. But they said that people don't get too excited about that. Now, you know what a dirt bag is? That's because we've been made out of dirt. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this bag of dirt? He's talking about his, the body. Not to, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I know that within me, that is within my flesh, is no good thing for to will. Same verse 18, verse 7, chapter 7 and verse 18. For, to, for to, to will is within me, but how to perform I cannot find. Let me say this to us again, and this is very important, I haven't said it yet. Man is trichotomy, spirit, soul, and body, but his dilemma is dichotomy. The struggle is between flesh and spirit. Are you with me on the same page now? These are the things that Pastor Kevin and I talked about. The soul sits in the middle, as it were, or stands in the middle to receive from the realm of my spirit or the realm of my flesh. The realm of my flesh, it'll be Pastor Kevin brought this up and made it clear. The realm of my flesh is the realm of my senses, which has to do with all of the physicality. Thank God we're physical because we live in a physical world. Amen? But in the realm of the Spirit, there comes from the realm of the Spirit all that God determined that should come because the Spirit of man knows man and the Spirit of God knows God. And if man's going to receive anything from God, he's going to receive it by means of his Spirit. You're going to be taught according to the Spirit by your Spirit. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So what we have, now this is very important. And I can repeat this to the cows come home, and it's something you never should forget. When we were made in the image and the likeness of God, we were made to live by the life of God. When sin came into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, a new dilemma happened. The choice to live by our senses or our flesh came into place. So we're not going to live by our own life, our soul, but we're going to live by the life of God or we're going to live by the life of Satan. That's why the Bible is very clear when it says, why halt between two opinions? This thing's not complicated. There's only two opinions. You choose to live by the life of Satan or you choose to live by the life of God. Your soul stands in the middle looking for which one's going to be predominant or preeminent in, in your life. My soul, now listen to this, it's very important. I, this took me a lot of study to find this out. I didn't find this out except from the Bible. My soul is the expressor of what I receive from my spirit or my flesh. It is not the origin, it is the expressor because I live by the life of another. Does that make sense to anybody? I live by the life of another man. See, when somebody says, I got my own thing going, you're so mixed up and so foolish and you've become so deluded, you don't know what the truth is. I'm not talking to Moran, I'm talking to everybody here. I'm talking to all of us. Moran, Moran started taking it personal, I had to get, get away with that. Moran and I go way back, 30-some years. But anyhow, so just, just think about that. See, somebody said, me and Jesus got our own thing going. I got news for you, Jesus didn't have his own thing going, how can you and Jesus have your own thing going? 
Jesus said, I never say but what I hear the Father saying. I never do except what I see the Father doing. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. Look into my face and you'll behold the face of the Father. In me dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in me. Isn't that what Jesus said? You are complete in Him is in Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. But Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know that's in John chapter 14. So you have a choice to live by the life of the devil or live by the life of God. You don't have a choice to live your own life. I know everybody's shouting, running the aisles, and jumping the pews. Everybody's so excited to hear that. Listen, that ought to be good news for you because when, when, when Pastor Doug says life is, is, is filled with choices, that's the only choice we got. Who are we going to serve? I'll never forget Billy Graham's story that he told. I give Billy Graham credit for this because I, that's where I heard it. He said there was a man that was noticed in the crowd who had a sign at a, at a rally, a protest. And the sign read this. Can you imagine this? This would be a good sign to take to a protest, some of these protests. I'm a fool for Jesus. Whose fool are you? Because you're going to be somebody's fool. Everybody's somebody's fool. The older people know that song. And it's the truth. So every day I make, I make up my mind by the grace of God that I want to be a fool for Jesus. I remember I said that when I sang with a gospel quartet and one of our good Baptist boys got all upset because I said that until I showed him in the Bible that it said that. The Apostle Paul said he was a fool for Christ. Amen? So if I'm going to be anybody's fool, I want to be a fool for Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's see, where are we? I don't know where we are. We're in the Bible somewhere. He, he said here, he said, you have set him. The word for set there is the word that carries the same understanding of dominion. The Lord set man over. He put him in dominion. And we have not been in dominion for a long time. Now he's, Jesus has come with his coming in the likeness of men, being, being killed as a man, buried as a man, and resurrected as a man, ascended to heaven as a man, sitting on the right hand of God, to grant to us the dominion that we're supposed to have. So that, so that sin, according to Romans chapter 6, does not have dominion over us. The law of sin and death doesn't have to have dominion over us. Why? Romans chapter 8. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I was, I was listening to this this past week as I was thinking about it. Listen to what it said. You remember I'm talking about Romans chapter 8, verse 2, and he says it two or three times in there. The law of the spirit of life. That really was already in the creation, the law of the spirit of life. But what was not in the creation was that it was in Christ Jesus because Jesus had not yet come in the form of a man and taken all this stuff upon himself poured out his soul unto death so that we could get it. So that we could be restored to the dominion so that sin would not have dominion over us. The law of sin and death has been canceled out by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I can live by the law of the spirit of life out of my spirit through my soul and I don't have to live by the law of sin and death which by the way is going to be in, 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 in practice 
regardless of what happens. You can't ignore the law of, the, of the sin and death and think it won't have dominion over your life. Remember again, I've said really, which is a theme in this about understanding this inward man. You need to know where your battle is. You need to know what the devil is after. And what he's after is, number one, for you not to get the Word of God, not to listen to people when they say, read the Word of God, study the Word of God, meditate the Word of God. You think that they're too religious and that they're all beaten up with legalism. But I had a man tell me that years ago when I really got a hold of this message, back probably about 26 years ago. We sat down at lunch one day together, and he looked across at me at that table and he said this to me. We were having another conversation. All of a sudden, out of the blue, you know what he said to me? I'm tired of you telling me to read my Bible. You know what I said? <laughs> I mean, seriously and earnestly, I laughed about my belly. It tickled me. I thought, my land brother, if you're tired, you're going to get more tired. Because I found the answer to my own dilemma. I found the answer to my own struggle. I found the answer to the, my, my victory and my battle. I found the answer to the ultimate victory in the war. I found the answer. And you're going to tell me that I'm not going to tell you to do what I did? What I did? Not going to tell you that? That's where the answer is. I just felt impressed right before I got up here this, this morning that I should say something about that. Because I, it's not a bragging. It's boasting in the Lord. Can you, can you believe that somebody can go 20 years... Let's see, 20 times 365. Anybody quick with that? That's about 7,300 days. And in that 20 years, I believe, I believe that was the span. When at the end of that span, I'd read the Word through 70 times. And I said, well, Lord, I'm not yet 70, so I think I'm going to just start reading all over the Word. And that's worked for me. But I just got to reading through it again the first of this year. Because, listen, not because I'm trying to be the most spiritual among us, because I want to be the wisest among us. The psalmist David said in 119, Psalm 119, he said, I'm wiser than my teachers because of your word that gives me light. I excel all my teachers because you give me light. That's a wonderful boast in God. You can't neglect the word of God and think you're going to win this battle. You can't neglect the study of the word or the meditation of the word and think you're going to win this battle. Listen, when you read the parable of the sower in chapter 4 of Mark, in chapter, what? Chapter 8 in Matthew, chapter 13 in Luke, anyhow, it makes no difference. Chapter 4 of Mark is very certain. When you read the parable of the sower, remember this. The sower sows the word, and remember this. The devil is coming after the word, not after you. He's coming after the word. Because he knows if he can get the word out of you, you're doomed. You've lost the battle. And if you don't really repent and get right in the, in the long term, you're going to lose the war. And you're going to leave, leave a lot of casualties on the battlefield of life in your family and your friends that you could have seen saved and delivered in the time of battle for their life. You'll see suicides, deep depression, mental cases, that you could have been the answer for. Is that too tough on us? Hallelujah. Let me take a drink of water. My time is up. The second portion of this class will, remain, will start it. Oh, anyhow.
The next part of that, those verses says, You have put all things in subjection under His feet. That follows the word of dominion. Remember, the dominion is for people who humble themselves. <clears throat> only people who receive the abundance of grace can humble themselves. And only the people who humble themselves can receive the abundance of grace. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. By grace you're delivered, you're, sa <clears throat> you're saved through faith, not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Not of works, amen? But then he said here in the latter part of this chapter, he said, verse 9. Let me read verse 8 as well. You put all things in subjection under his feet. Now listen. For in that he put in, all, in subjection all things under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Jesus. Somebody said we see Jesus. Listen, that's not speaking just oratorically. Is that a right word? It's not just you know, utterance of words. Literally, we see Jesus. A Remember what I prayed for in the beginning? The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. That we may know Him. We see Jesus. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, crown with glory, that's our future, see, glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for every one or every man. Verse 10, are you with me there? For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory, I like that, going to glory, no suffering, no glory. Glory is our goal. Somebody say Amen. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. His perfection is your perfection. His perfection is our perfection. Somebody says you've got to be careful pursuing perfection. Well, listen, argue with the scripture. Go over to, to uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and, so, and it says this. Pursue perfection. And this we will do if God permits. Perfection is not sinlessness. Perfection is growing up into the head who's Christ, into fullness of maturation. Your growth process will come with fumbling and stumbling, and the righteous fall seven times, but he'll get up every time, because he sees what the vision is. We quote this verse a lot of times, folks, but we don't know what it means. Proverbs 29, 18, Without a vision, the people perish. You know what that, that literally really is saying? Here it is now, literally. Without a redemptive revelation, the people cast off all restraint. Because there's nothing to restrain us from pressing in and pursuing. There's not, nothing there that, that we would we think is necessary to press and pursue so that we can leave that stuff behind. There's got to, we press and pursue to see Jesus so we can be rulers over and have dominion over all that which hinders us. And when the devil comes looking for the Word, tell him, listen, I'm overdosing on the Word so you can't get enough of it. Just keep reading the Word, pack, piling it on. The devil's going to wear him slap out. Somebody said he's going to be in the phone booth dialing 911. They're not playing fair because the devil still doesn't understand and he's still fighting the fact that we are been, we've been made in the image and after the likeness of God to be exactly like Him. 
Lucifer in chapter 14 of, of Isaiah, remember, he said, I will exalt myself. I will sit on the throne of the Most High. I will. He said, five I wills there. And he's been cast down. Because God never said to an angel, that's where your, des your destiny. But to you, he says it. To me, he says it. That's our destiny. Jesus Christ has been born in me, in my spirit, that my soul may be transformed. And not only my soul can be transformed, get a hold of this, because we're talking about the, the, the trichotomy of man. The body will be transformed into his glorious body, according to Philippians chapter 3, last verse of that chapter will be transformed to be exactly like Him. 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 says that this, is, this, this hope that we have, this great hope comes because of this, that when we, we shall see Him as He is. Remember reading that? We shall see Him as He is. He who has this hope in Him will get the victory. Let me say this to us. What faith is to our spirit, because we've received that by gift, remember? What faith is to our spirit, what is to our mind? Hope is to our mind. We have this hope of the anchor of our soul. The anchor is Jesus. We're looking unto Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The originator, another translation says, and the developer of our faith. Look unto Jesus. I want you to begin to have your cry on a daily basis when you come to the Word to read the Word. I challenge you to read the Word 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, whatever you feel like you can take for about a year before the Lord will increase you in your desire and passion for the Word. Start with a little step. But as you come to the Word, cry out to the Lord, I want to see Jesus. I want to behold Him. First, Second Corinthians chapter 4 says, In His face is the light of the knowledge of the glory of, of God. Second Corinthians chapter 3 says, We are changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God into that same image. Isn't that what it says? Romans chapter 8 verse, verse 28. You can go back 29. Our purpose is to be conformed to His image. That, he's going to do that. He's going to work in that. He who has begun a good work in you, he will complete it. He'll finish it. Because God's not a quitter. What he starts, he finishes. Jesus said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He said nobody can snatch us out of the Father's hand. That's our security. Not a doctrine. Our security is that word from the Lord. We're safe in him. We'll always be safe in him. To press into him. To know him. And to understand that the enemy is trying to keep us from that. And we want to pursue that. Righteousness. Peace. Joy. Love. Faith. We want to pursue. We want to press. Amen. Well, I hope you got something out of this. I feel a little hurried, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. Diana said, I'll believe that when I see that. <laughs> yeah, first closing. I pretty much hit it, guys. I'm amazed. I preached all over it, but I finally got it. Let, 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 let me make certain. Let me make certain.
that you made the note here, because I don't know if I made the note. Genesis 2-7. You'll find the trichotomy of man there. I did quote that, didn't I? But I didn't mention it, I don't think. But that's trichotomy of man right there. I hadn't seen that too long ago. Breathed his breath of life into that physical form made of dirt. And what happened? Man became. The body and the soul of man is joined forever. I, 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 I want to leave you with this thought. Man, you, your body, that's, you, you've been called to be exalted. Let's everybody stand up. You've been called to be promoted to that fullness and finality and live forever as a spirit, soul, and body. I didn't make a real big point of it a while ago, but I'll make it now again. There are those who say, I used to say this, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. But I challenge you by the scriptures, man is nowhere ever called a spirit in the Bible. He's called that he has a spirit, but he's never called a spirit. Because I've already explained that to you. It's very important. Because sometimes I think in the name of trying to be a spirit, we act stupid. You are a soul with a lot of problems to be solved. You're a living soul. You have, you have, you have a daily access to the living waters of life, to the well of salvation, which has taken residence in your very body, in the spirit, in your spirit, been born again. The deposit of heaven has been put inside of you. Now, you can draw upon that even like you would draw, go to the bank and draw out money that's been deposited on your account. Maybe you didn't even deposit it, see? But it's been deposited there by a promissory note, and you're going to make a claim on it. That's mine. That's my future. That's my destiny. That's my retirement forever. There it is. And the devil's not going to keep it from me. It's mine. Does that make any sense to anybody? Can you understand why the devil would be mad about us? He, I mean, he's, he's angry. The Bible says he's angry. He knows his time is short. He's angry because he ha doesn't have our destiny. Angels don't have that destiny. Only human beings have that destiny. Only mankind has that destiny. Hallelujah. Everybody, let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today for the Word of God that is alive and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of the spirit and the soul. Lord, grant to this people who have been under the hearing of my voice today to go into the Word of God and begin to cry out, Lord, help me to understand the battle that I'm in, not only for my life, but the life of my family. Help me to understand so that I can fight the good fight and that I can keep the faith to the very end. I want to be among those to whom it is said, He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I shall call him my son, and he shall call me his father. Lord, let us be that people today. As only you can do it, Lord, go into every heart Every mind, you said you put your word into our hearts and in our minds and begin to work a conversion process in us that we'll be so converted we'll become as little children and enter into your kingdom. That's our desire. We want to be taught like little children. I know, I know the answer, I know the answer. 
a little children in class. I can be taught of God. I want to know the truth that makes me free from the dominion of sin, from the law of sin and death. I want to be free from that junk. Today, I want to be more free tomorrow than I am today. Raise your hands. Let, let me bless you with the apostolic blessing, folks. You've been so sweet today. You've been so kind. Thank you for being kind to an old man. I feel better about being here today. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord give you peace. May the grace of God be multiplied to you in the knowledge of the Son of God. May the grace of God abound in you in this week. May you come to know grace like you've never known grace, that it is indeed the divine nature of God, the DNA of God to cause you to triumph. May you triumph this day like you've never triumphed before. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen and amen. Well, bless you guys. Brad. I think Brother Brad has just dismissed you. You guys are dismissed. Go beat the bat.